You're listening to Radio ISO, the podcast bringing you notes from isolation and stories about the people we're missing. I'm your host, Emily Sargent. Today I spoke to Gabrielle, whose mother was admitted to hospital with a mild stroke before she lost her to COVID-19. Yeah, so it's been quite a, a tough time. We, um, we, you know, in, at the beginning of April, we had a mum who was 89, looking forward to her 90th birthday on the 25th of June, um, self-isolating, um, living in her own home, um, independently living. Suddenly, um, she didn't feel well. Um, my mum was never ill. And suddenly she was in hospital um, at the worst possible time, I guess. Um, she was transferred to the Canterbury Hospital, um, having developed this chest infection. And we thought, well, she'll fight it. She's fought everything else in her life. She was evacuated. She's she's had an amazing life. She'll just get on with it. Um, but she just got weaker and weaker. She got very cranky. She didn't want to be there. Um, she wasn't active. She wasn't in charge uh, of her own life, you know, and her own um, sort of actions, as it were, really. On Easter Saturday, which was probably about the, I don't know, the the eighth, tenth day that she'd been in hospital, um, we were given the news that she had COVID and that she was being transferred immediately to a COVID ward. And you know, I, I mean, I think when you hear those words, your 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 world just shifts. It 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 was horrible. It was it was horrific. The roller coaster got suddenly steeper. We just gathered everyone close. Um, um, and so we we were with Mum for the last two and a half hours of her life, um, and that was horrible to start with because we hadn't seen her um, well, probably for about twenty four hours, which was the longest we'd gone without seeing her on the iPad on on the messenger. And um, when they switched on the messenger um, video, she was unconscious and very different from the laughing joking mum that had just been on you know oxygen um previously and that was that was a horrible shock uh, for all of us we were all there um with, with there's four of us girls and we were there with all our families um husbands and children and um well we spent the next two and a half hours really with her um there was an amazing nurse called Michaela who um held mum's hand and the nursing staff they positioned the iPad for us and we just spent those two and a half hours telling her how much we loved her thanking her for the life that she'd given us singing all her favorite songs turning up loud um you know from Spotify Michaela was reassuring us that mum was squeezing her hand at regular intervals so we knew she could hear us but um um mum passed away at eight 18 um on the 14th of april um with all of us around her albeit remotely and michaela holding her hand and um that was when you know life changes again and you suddenly realize you're in a world without your mum in it and and that's that's a horrible 
new reality for us, I guess. Yeah. So it's been it's been quite a um, as I say, I can't really explain it any other way apart from being a roller coaster of emotion. You know, deep, deep lows and incredible highs. Just not being able to hold her hand and and you know see her hands. Um, you know, Mum had really distinctive hands and um, just just being able to, you know, sort of I don't know little things comb her hair, touch her face, um, you know, to be able to see for yourself what was actually happening. In her final hours, I guess it was, it was just, it was just unbearable really. I mean, but the thing with it, um, Emily, was that Actually, you know, you 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 realise that if if mom if it'd been a normal situation and if COVID wasn't going on, only two of us would have been at her bedside at any given point. Um, you know, there's fourteen of us, four girls, four four sons-in-law, six grandchildren, and you know, we we wouldn't have had that opportunity and that privilege to be with her at the end um, altogether. So we took a lot of strength from that. We were around mum and we were talking around her as we would if we were at the dinner table at home on a Sunday for Sunday lunch, mm. um, you know, and, and the extended family were sending in loads of funny anecdotes. You know, then we played mum's favourite music. So we played um, uh, every little thing she did is magic by the police. Um, I mean, it sounds crazy, but we were... We were dancing around in our seats at home with our family, singing along to this, which is what we did as a family, and we were doing that. And, you know, at one point, Hilary said, Michaela, do you, do you think she can hear us? And um, Michaela said, she's just squeezed my hand. And um, Hilary said, oh, Mum, I love you so much. And Michaela, you know, said, she's just squeezed my hand again. So... We knew she could hear us and we knew that she loved us and that she knew how much she was loved by everybody. Um, and that's given us a lot of comfort as well. The, the, I have to say the nursing staff in QEQM and Canterbury were just amazing. I mean, you know, you, they were risking their lives to save my mother's and um, they were just extraordinary nothing was too much trouble at all it's really important uh, as a catholic to have to be um, anointed if you're sick um, that's a particular sacrament and the other sacrament is the last rites um, and because the hospital chaplaincy is closed um, there was no priest to give her the last rites and um, because it's a covid death it's, quite, it's quantified as a covid death mum's um, now with the undertaker, um, and it's a sealed coffin. There is there is no last rites, um, and um, there is no. Normally, as a Catholic, you would be brought into the church the night before in the coffin, and there would be prayers said over you, and then the coffin stays in the church overnight, and then the following day you would have a requiem mass, um, which is a full mass, um, before being taken to be committed, um, either buried or cremated. Um, so mum won't have any of that. Um, 
mum will be buried uh, with our dad in Whitstable Cemetery, which is an amazing cemetery. It's it overlooks the sea. All you can see is the sea from the top of the hill, um, and uh, we have a, a priest, Father Mark from Herne Bay, is coming, and he will officiate at the committal. So we we we've got a probably a a little bit longer service with Father Mark, which he's very generously done with us, and um, and then we'll 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 have after the formal um, committal, um, and and when Mum is is coffin is in the grave, then we will we will do what we did with our dad. We will you know we will sing um, Crackling Rosie. We'll have her bow put because that was her favourite Spanish flea and we'll be talking about her over the grave um, in our four um, self-isolating families um, just us four girls and our families um, and then we've arranged a Zoom meeting with all our extended family to take part um, at 8.30 where we'll, we'll raise a glass I also um, created a video and um, we'll be playing that and we just want to capture that joy of life and that um, fun and exuberance that she exhibited for the whole of her life. She was never just, never a little old lady. She was a woman ahead of her time, really. I mean, you know, really sprightly. I think I mentioned before, she, you know, she ran her own home, but she was sprightly. She was hilarious. The things she used to come out with. And she loved shocking people. She was really active. I mean, she only gave up tap dancing about 10 years ago. You know, two weeks before the lockdown, she was talking about joining a gym again. And she was really wise. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, she had four daughters um, and, you know, she she always used to say, I don't want you to rely on a man. I want you to go out there and make your own way in the world, you know. And and she 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 stood by. I mean, that doesn't that's not to say anything against my dad at all. But she wanted us to be strong women, and she wanted us to live our lives and have a great life, which is what she had. She had us four, and she fostered a, a baby boy as well called Christopher, and um, she had just such an exuberant zest for life. I mean, she slowed down a lot in as she got older, but she was so well-travelled with my dad. They went to places like Brazil, Australia, New Zealand. I remember um, when they were in New Zealand, you know, they were, they're in their 70s and they backpacked because she said, oh, my girls have all done this. They've all, they've all had their own adventures. You know, I'm going to do this now. She missed him dreadfully, but she just went back out there and got a life again um, and found a life in Whitstable. You know, every life was definitely to be lived, mm. and, and she certainly did that. I think in terms of her legacy, it's about having, having a life and leading it and being happy. Mm. That, that meant more to my mum than anything else, really, that we be happy and fulfilled and make the most of make make the most of the life that we're given do you think it made things more frightening for her not being able to have you there in person um yes very definitely i, I think you know when you're in a weakened state as well you know um and things are out of your control. We would talk to the nurse who was looking after her and say, "Look, she's not just a little old lady. She, you know, she's hard of hearing. If you shout, she gets it. She's not. There's nothing. You know, her wits haven't been affected at all. Mm. She knows where she is. She knows what she wants. Um, 
you know, the, the worst thing worst you can do is treat her like a little old lady because she will hate it. Um, when I spoke to my mum, she said, if one more person calls me dear or love, she said, I will scream. You know, um, I think the, the there's a, an oxygen um, uh, mask called a CPAP. And by the end, mum was on a CPAP to really force oxygen into her lungs. And um, she, it really, really did distress her and she didn't want to be on it. And she, 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 she hated it so much. And mum, mum didn't know if it was a man or a woman who was, who was in front of her when they were gowned up. Um, she, you know, she, she didn't know if the person at the bedside was the person that had been there all the shift or if it was someone new. She just didn't know who they were because she couldn't make out who they were. Um, and I think that's the, you know, the, the barrier nursing, the excellent nursing that, that mum had was sort of um, <laughs> removed almost, um, you, know, you know, removed that sense of humanity, really. You know, as nice as they were behind the masks, it was still there was a mask in place. There was a barrier between her and, and the person mm. who was caring for her which I think she found very hard as well. All the doctors said, just call me by my first name. So, you know, Leslie, TJ, uh, we, we spoke to them all and, um, and we did ask them to be honest, um, mm. which so we were able to, you know, sort of make that connection with the doctors as well. I can't begin to say how, how amazing they all were, really, in these, in these horrible times, you know, and what they're seeing and what they're having to deal with. It's just, they were, they were amazing for us. They really were. Is there any element of this awful situation which has given you some hope? There's been so many. Um, you know, the, the, the human kindness of, of, of the nurses, really, to, you know, particularly in the last, the last two and a half hours where we were able to stay with her. You know, the fact that, you know, Michaela stayed, she didn't go. I think her shift probably had ended. She stayed. She didn't. Um, there was no interference from anyone. We were, it's almost like we were in a bubble um, for as long as it took and for as long as we wanted it to take. Um, so, you know, when when mum did did pass away, um, we, we were, you know, there was no sense of, OK, we need to switch, shut this off now. We've got things to do. There was no, no sense of that at all. And that was amazing. Um, and I, it's really weird, actually. You know, when you watch the news, and you see all these healthcare professionals rushing around on wards and they're reporting from wards. We didn't see any of that. We didn't see any of that busyness. We didn't see any of that officialdom. All we saw was mum and all these people's hands and faces coming in and, talk and voices talking to us, um, which was just, just wonderful. Everyone tells us how amazing a woman she was. Um, and that just confirmed what we, we knew already, but it's so lovely to hear other people talk about her. been through the loss of a parent before your mum do you think that the grieving process for you may be altered because of the circumstances of her passing this time and and you're not being able to be there physically with her uh, yes definitely I mean it's a very different death it was so quick um it was so brutal um, you know, in terms of the, the, the this, you know, the, at the time when we knew we were living it, we were, you know, we were going from hope to hope and ev trying to glean any little bit of 
any sense that there was there was hope anywhere and holding on tight to that um but it it doesn't feel real until you see the coffin and and for us the reality is the first time we're going to see her is that coffin and i think that's just going to um be another horrible it's always a shock when you see the coffin but you know just seeing that coffin and and the manner of the way that we have to say goodbye to her is just going to be just I, I, I just think it's going to be horrific so I think it's going to be um, a huge shock to our system again she wouldn't have wanted to be beholden to us um, she wouldn't have wanted to be dependent um, on anyone really um, she was so strong um, so maybe she would never have wanted to leave us and we certainly didn't ever want her to go but maybe this is the way it has to be a quick a quicker death albeit 10 days of pretty chronic horrible things happening to her all we have at the end is our health all we have is our we have as much money as we like we have as much you know sort of i don't know worldly goods but actually what we all we do have at the end is our health and she was healthy and she was fit and she had all her wits about her right till the end and it's about taking every day and looking at the beauty in the world and grounding myself in in that and um trying not to get too hung up on the corporate world and what that what that you know sort of the all all income corporate world that can take over sometimes i mean we work all the hours and we um we forget what's really important which is family health love and um being kind to each other and i'm just interested whether you think that either you individually or us as a society are going to change the way that we live day day to day um when we eventually come out of this mm, I hope so I think um, it's it's the simplicity of life um, that, that, that comes through at the moment um, it's the you know the neighbourliness and the you know the way the world looks different the sky looks bluer the trees look greener the, you know that the, there's less traffic on the road you can hear yourself think um, you've got time to reflect, you've got time to realise what's important. I really hope that it, that stays. Mm. I think this. I think it'll be a new normal. I don't think it will be the normal that we know at the moment. I think it'll be different. Um, and I think by the end of this crisis, everyone will have lost someone and um, or know of someone who has lost someone. And hopefully people will start to realise how precious this life is. I, I really hope so. She um, was strong. She, you know, she held the purse strings of the family. She managed the family, really. Go out there and grab life and be be the woman you can be. I guess that's the that's the you know my mum's mantra. I guess is is what um, I would I would say to anyone. And I think 
my message to my mum is, you set us such an amazing example and you made us the women we are today and we're so grateful of, for all of your love. We are so proud of you and we'll love you forever. So her name is Audrey Mary Shaw. She was, she was born on the 25th of June, 1930, and she died on the 14th of April, 2020. And she was the 778th person who died on the 14th of April. But to us, she's just not a statistic. Every little thing she does is magic Everything she do just turn me on Even though my life before was tragic Now I know my love for her goes on Cause every little thing she does is magic Everything she do just turn me on Even though my life before was tragic Now I know my love for her goes on oh. to tell us about someone you're missing we'd love to hear from you get in touch at radioisopodcast at gmail.com or on instagram at radioisopod.com